This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Craig Kopp, wondering if the 2022 Florida legislative session has caught COVID. I don't want to suggest that this is, you know, going to wipe through the Capitol or anything. Some legislators are absent because of testing positive for COVID. In a moment, we'll try to get to the bottom of how extensive this outbreak may be. And a bill to protect the national anthem has been voted out of committee. Who doesn't play the national anthem now? A bigger question, though, is who is teaching critical race theory in Florida schools? The Senate Education Committee has approved Miami Republican Senator Manny Diaz Jr.'s bill called Individual Freedom. It would essentially ban teaching in schools that might cause emotional distress in students based on their race. An individual by virtue of his or her race or sex does not bear responsibility for actions committed in the past or by other members of the same sex or race. An individual should not be made to feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress on account of his or her race. And the bill puts similar limits when it comes to sensitivity training at the workplace. That led Democratic Senator Tina Polsky to warn about lots of future lawsuits against businesses. We're telling a company if they want to teach anti-discrimination, they want to teach diversity, they want to teach unconscious bias, which is a course in the Florida Senate, that they are potentially creating a cause of action from a disgruntled employee. I do this all the time. People bring lawsuits because they get terminated and they're really upset. And they try to find a reason as to why they were terminated. So imagine a man sitting in a sexual harassment training and he doesn't like the way it's portrayed. And then two days later, he gets terminated for something. He's going to sue under this law. I am telling you, this is going to open up the floodgates to frivolous lawsuits. Though Diaz said he's not trying to stop conversations about historical wrongs or pretend that discrimination doesn't happen, Democratic Senator Lori Berman said this bill is a conversation stopper. We could have situations, as Senator Polsky said, where you would have parent one parent who complains and then it gets to the point where we know what's going to happen. And that's going to ch- it's going to chill speech for the teachers. They're just going to be afraid to even talk about uh, race and um, sex. And, th- and those are things that these children should be learning about. We should want our uh, students to know about it. Um, as, as the sponsor said, if you don't know history, you're bound to repeat it. After limited public statements about the bill, because the committee was running short of time, Diaz's individual freedom bill was approved. Florida Democrats this morning held a virtual news conference. They're planning to do this throughout session. And not surprisingly, House Minority Leader Evan Jenny fielded a question about a redistricting map dropped late Sunday by the office of Governor Ron DeSantis. As I look at it, from what I can tell, the governor rolled out his own maps unrequested um, on Martin Luther King Day uh, that will probably end up leaving leaving less african-american representation in congress Um, that is basically what we saw happen over the course of the last 24 hours Um, i think it is a map that shouldn't even be considered uh, under any circumstances Uh, anything that uh, violates uh, the laws that we have in this country in terms of access for people of color and for minority communities needs to be protected Uh, And unfortunately, the governor's proposed congressional map 
uh, goes in the complete opposite direction and, if anything, uh, guarantees less African-American representation in Congress. Jenny was also critical not only of Governor DeSantis, but past legislators for not making moves on what has become a real crisis in the state, affordable housing. Five Florida cities are in the top 10 right now for rising rent prices. We are concerned because even though affordable housing has been a quote unquote top priority for this legislature um, in years past, nothing really has come to fruition. uh, And Floridians are still struggling to find a decent place to live. Um, So we are going to take an approach where where we advocate uh, for anything that's going to get people with a roof over their head in a good, clean environment uh, where they can raise their children uh, and actually have some real freedoms and not just platitudes, but but the freedom to really uh, be safe and secure with their family within their own home. Florida Politics is also reporting that Florida leads the nation in housing unaffordability, with 56.5 percent of renters spending 30 percent or more of their income on housing. Some legislators are staying home right now because they've tested positive for COVID. It's a little difficult to know exactly how many are out with coronavirus, but Florida politics reporter Christine Jordan Sexton says it's not surprising some legislators are getting COVID because this session, there are no COVID mitigation protocols. We're only a week into this, right? So it's hard to tell what exactly is happening, but we know that this spreads very quickly. We know it spreads more quickly than other variants. And um, we also know this year they're not taking the steps that they took last year to, you know, require people to test uh, for make sure that they took tests, that they didn't have COVID before they came into the Capitol. So we're not seeing that this year. And you know, it is a building where a lot of work gets done and there's a lot of people and windows don't open up and, you know, not everyone's wearing their masks. You don't need to wear masks. So it's probably not a surprise given that so many people were in the House chamber for the opening day of session. You know, the Senate comes over, which is custom. Um, the House hosts the state of the state. So you have 120 House members, you have 40 senators, you have former members, you have the Supreme Court, you have guests. It, it could have been a spreader. Now we've had some absences. Do we know for sure that these absences were uh, coronavirus related? Yes, we've had some absences, um, some excused absences. And not all of them have been related to COVID. For instance, Senator Gaynor in the Senate has an excused absence, and it is not related to COVID. Um, And I was told that by the spokesperson for the Senate. I reached out to Senator Daryl Busson, who is one of the members who is not here today, and um, he told me over the phone in our interview that he had tested positive for COVID last Friday in St. Petersburg. So he left Tallahassee, wasn't feeling well, got tested in St. Pete, and it came back positive. And he's been quarantining himself since that. Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith in the other chamber, he posted on Twitter 
that he is COVID positive and that he got his test results today. He won't be in Tallahassee for the next couple of days. He will stay in his district. He'll, you know, he said that he'll hold people accountable virtually and that he would be taking Zoom meetings. So he may not be here in the Capitol, but he'll continue to be working. Both of these men, it's interesting to me, were fully vaccinated, both shots, and had gotten the booster. And when I spoke with Rasan on the phone, he's, you know, he sounded sick. He sounded, you could tell, like, he didn't sound like himself. I know the Democrats held um, a news briefing and Florida politics asked about absences due to COVID and they were reticent, but we're going to check on it. Didn't want to divulge someone else's medical situation. They were scared about that. And then on the other side of the corn, you've got people who say it's none of your business. You know, yes. And that's interesting. So so what we were told was at least I was told by the House that they did not keep a list of, uh, you know, members health status and that I should call the individual offices to find that out. Now, not everyone who's absent is absent because of COVID. It's my understanding that Representative Daly is, you know, at a funeral, is at Moskowitz's father's funeral. But, you know, the chambers are not, they're not going to make it easy on a reporter. They're not going to release a list of people who have it or, or confirm who's got it. That's not what they're going to do. So is there any plan if it starts to run rampant through this legislative body of, you know, how to handle it? Do they delay session? I mean, I I have no idea how bad it could get. Uh, there was a Saturday Night Live sketch over the weekend where a, an NBA basketball team, every player had COVID and they were recruiting people from the stands to play. Yeah, I saw that sketch on Saturday Night Live. I thought it was funny. You know, I do know that the the Florida Senate last year signed a contract with Tampa General Hospital, which has established what they call, I believe, T-Pro. And really, it's Tampa General Hospital working with people at the University of South Florida College of Public Health and or College of Medicine. I, I can't remember which, but they came up last year in preparation for the session and they went through the building and they came up with ways to try to abate a a spread right not only did the legislature last year or at least the florida senate last year require people to be tested for covid before they could come into the building they they took precautions they they rearranged i think the elevators being rearranged in the building were because of COVID. Like it seems like they rearranged how the elevators ran to try to limit the numbers of people that can be in an elevator because during the height of the session, you know, it's not surprising for eight people to be in an elevator, you know, shoulder to shoulder. They took steps that, you know, T-Pro told them to take that Tampa general hospital told them to take to make the building safer. And and that contract is still in effect. So the Senate is still working 
with T-Pro, I was told right before the start of the session. But I don't want to suggest that this is, you know, going to wipe through the Capitol or anything. And I would doubt that they would delay session or, or, you know, do anything. I mean, they are here for 60 days to craft a budget, to do the people's business, and that's what they're going to do. Yeah, one other issue, it would seem to me, is that because the whole thing has become political people who may feel bad won't tell anybody because they don't want to say they have it and continue to spread it well you know let's hope that's not the case um representative carlos guillermo smith put there out there on twitter for everyone to see and said he was staying away from tallahassee for a week to protect his peers to protect the people who work in the building. And, you know, he he was not being secretive. When I spoke with Senator Roussan, he was not being secretive. He, from the minute he got his test result, he was self-quarantining in Tampa, and he's not up here, you know. And um, he hopes to be up um, before the end of the week because the Senate – is going to meet the full Senate will meet, I believe on Thursday and in, in session. And he doesn't want to miss session. That's important. Right. But he's self quarantining. So I don't want to suggest that people are being secretive or they're not sharing the information. I think everyone understands the seriousness of this. I, I don't want to think that just because someone doesn't wear a mask or someone doesn't believe in a vaccine mandate means that they'll knowingly turn around and infect someone. That's, I, I, I don't, I'd like to think that's not the case. And I don't think that's the case. It doesn't, it doesn't appear to be. And that is the good news I would say coming out of uh, this story at this point, Christine Sexton, I, I appreciate your time. I know you're, <laughs> Session is hard on the phone battery, and I hear yours is going low. I appreciate the time today, and we'll we'll t- we'll talk as the session proceeds. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for the time. Here's some of what's happening in Florida politics today. The Senate is expected to consider numerous issues during a floor session, including proposed redistricting plans sponsored by reapportionment chairman Ray Rodriguez for congressional and Senate districts. Also, it is slated to take up a proposal that would extend COVID-19 legal protections for health care providers and bills that would create a $1 billion fund that Governor Ron DeSantis could use during declared states of emergency. The Senate Agriculture Committee will take up a proposal that would require employers in industries like agriculture, construction, and landscaping to take steps to prevent heat illness among workers. The Senate Governmental Oversight and Accountability Committee will consider a bill filed by Chairman Jeff Brandis of St. Petersburg that would provide a public records exemption for information about applicants to become presidents of state universities and colleges, The Senate Health Policy Committee will take up a bill that would require health insurers to provide coverage for hearing aids for children through age 18. The House Professions and Public Health Subcommittee will consider a proposal filed by Representative Aaron Grawl that would prevent doctors from performing abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. 
The House Pandemics and Public Emergencies Committee will consider a proposal that would help prevent closures of religious institutions during declared emergencies. The House Civil Justice and Property Rights Subcommittee will take up a bill that would make changes in the state's sovereign immunity laws, including increasing a limit on payments by government agencies in lawsuits. And the House Commerce Committee will look at a proposal that would repeal a law about limits on the sizes of wine containers. Florida State University President Richard McCullough will give a State of the University address during a meeting of the Faculty Senate today. And this morning, Charlie Crist, candidate for governor of Florida, will join a group of parents from across Florida's diverse communities for a virtual press conference unveiling the newly formed Parents for Christ Coalition. And finally, Sarasota Republican Senator Joe Gruders has taken a first step in protecting the national anthem at pro sports events. This bill requires that the national anthem be played before games at professional sporting events at taxpayer-funded venues in writing. A failure to meet this contractual obligation constitutes a default of the agreement and may subject the team to a prohibition on future contracts and fines paid directly to the state. Failure to comply would allow the Attorney General to intervene and force the provision. That is the bill, Mr. Chairman. Here was the debate on the anthem bill in the Senate Commerce and Tourism Committee. Who doesn't play the national anthem now? Senator Gruders. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I don't know if there's any known instances in Florida. This is just to make sure as a proactive approach to, uh, that people uh, uh, continue to, to, to play it. The anthem bill was approved out of committee. That's it for today's edition of Sunrise. I'm Craig Cobb. Join us again tomorrow as we do another daily dive into Florida politics. Thank you.